who's going to be talking about some of his books. He's a science fiction writer, but something that is entered our world that is even weirder than science fiction, and that's the world of AI, which is artificial intelligence. And we're going to talk a great deal about that today. So I hope that you'll stay for the entire hour and uh, hang out with us and kind of get a uh, an inkling as to what the future may hold for all of us. Uh, with the in the world of artificial intelligence but but first i'd like to uh, introduce my co-host for the hour mitch parfit how you doing buddy i'm doing great kevin how are you i'm doing good too you know we should do the show like you know like on the east coast kind of thing the whole show oh <laughs> man they'll threaten me with a good time <laughs> I wouldn't do that. And by and by the way, I don't think I've ever you have ever exchanged on air anything with Eric. So would you like to talk to Eric for a moment and ask him how the weather is and you know that kind of thing? Yeah, you know what? Hey, Eric, let's talk about them sweet potato fries. <laughs> oh, just <now> stop that. <laughs> I, I think we've exchanged plenty over the uh yeah. <laughs> over the time you've been doing this. Uh, so yeah. Uh, but always good to talk to you, Mitch. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of <laughs> kind of soggy, uh, but uh, you can definitely get your sweet potato fries if you like. And they'll yeah. be soggy. Uh, now, now the the reason those come up is because apparently I was in the restaurant business twenty years ago, and they didn't have such a thing back then. But now they do, and so I had no idea. I thought it was a southern uh, thing, but uh, it now is a it's uh, everywhere around here. So. Uh, and of course, you haven't been to a restaurant in 20 years either, because we've established <laughs> on the show it's canon that you never leave your house. <laughs> that is, I never leave my little room. I had no idea what the weather was like today. How is the weather today? Uh, it's it's a little bit soggy. Like I said, it's uh, we've got a bunch of rain in store for the next several days, and uh, maybe next week that might change. Well, we can wait till next week. We can wait till next week. Did you have a nice, did you guys both have a nice Halloween? Yeah, yeah it was all right. Yeah. He did, did. Did you do anything? Did you dress up at all? I'm oh, curious to know no. what. You me? <laughs> <laughs> I turn out, I turn out my uh, um, porch light and I hide in my bedrooms, quivering, quivering and hoping that nobody comes to my door. You know how you know how older <laughs> folks are. Anyway, because you might uh, have to accidentally step outside to might. What, light up your jack o' lantern. I <laughs> exactly. So, but I see I've fixed that because I live in a fifty-five plus community. So, uh, unless there was a, a senile old person running around in a Wonder Boy costume like uh, Mitch was wearing yesterday, um, that was. So you can't even come to the door you if can't. you're under fifty-five. No, you can't even geriatric that. guards at the gate <laughs> asking oh for ID. Exactly. Old people need candy too, Kevin. Right. Like, yeah, but you, but most of us can't chew it anymore, so we have to just suck on it because we don't have any teeth. Yeah. Get the Starburst, get the gummies, you know, the soft stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Star, Starburst is a great way if you want to lose a tooth when you get to be older, have some Starbust or Star whatever and our first becomes a star bust <laughs> or <laughs> or a tootsie roll or something like that that would not be good uh, so, yeah, just, yeah. And, 
Okay, enough enough of this, uh, this crazy stuff. We've got a great guest tonight, and Steve is like, aren't they supposed to be talking to me? Um, so I, I'd like to to welcome Steve Bates onto the show. He's a science fiction writer. His new novel that is just out is called Castle of Sand. It's now available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble in paperback, Kindle, anywhere you go, you'll find it. And um, he's also done a bunch of short stories. He's a that have appeared in numerous. Uh, publications, including uh, several names I can't pronounce. So anyway, uh, Steve, how are you today, young man? Doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's in the afternoon and we're uh, we're a little giddy. But that's that time okay. of day, yeah. That's okay. First of all, welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here. I'm very um, glad to be here. Thank you. And when did, when did uh, Castle of Sand come out? Actually, it first came out in July in paperback. It's just come out recently in Kindle, and uh, I'm working on semaphore and smoke signal versions just in case anyone is interested. A what? A what? Yeah, any way you want it, you'll get it. Oh, perfect. I, I wish I had a girlfriend like that. Anyway, um, <laughs> Mitch... <laughs> You, oh, Mitch, boy. you, you are a really, um, you're a little younger than me, so you're used to the computer jargon and talk. And I know AI is an interesting concept and in what you're, what you're learning about it, which is one of the reasons why I'm glad you're here is you can help me in my walker figure out a little bit more about AI. But, uh, um, so, so do you have any, have any thoughts and any questions for Steve regarding that or his writing or anything else that you'd like to add? No, yeah. I mean, I'm excited. You know, we've had a couple people on here um, that have talked about AI. It's definitely growing. There's a lot of unknown around it. And it's really nice to get every bit different people's per perspectives on, you know, how to navigate through AI at in, the, in this point in time, um, because we do have a lot of questions. I think Steve mentioned earlier prior to the show, there are a lot more questions than answers. I believe right now is kind of like where we're at. So I'm really excited to to hear from Steve, um, you know, and, and his take on AI and, and the pros and cons and all around. All right. Well, let me just kind of frame it a little bit based on, you know, what I hear and what I read and what I dream of in the middle of the night. We're at a point where we're just beginning to see you know, the first phase of AI mature, you know, have these chatbots, you have these language oriented uh, apps and, and programs that you can use to, you know, have basically an AI write a newspaper story or put up all sorts of posts on social media and appear to be, um, a human being, maybe not an old and wise and rich one, but can, you know, can blend in. Um, they do what we tell them to do. When sometimes we tell them to imitate people, sometimes we tell them to just answer our questions, Siri, etc. But as we start to develop the next generation of AI, um, the folks uh, who are at the tech companies who are uh, playing around with this, they're seeing and they're even talking about some of the potential dangers that they see as these things evolve over the years. There are some you know, various conventions and meetings, government officials, industry people, private folks, 
periodically, annually, and, and when they get together to talk about the state of AI, maybe four or five years ago, they would generally coalesce around the, the argument that maybe in 100 years, we might see some, some artificial intelligence that is almost as smart as humans. But artificial intelligence, it's not the same as human intelligence. It lacks the texture and the context and the creativity. So we don't have anything to worry about. And it's certainly not going to be Terminator style. Well, that was four or five years ago. Now, in the past year or so, you're hearing some of these same people and others saying, well, maybe it's not 100 years, maybe it's 15, 20, 30, and maybe it's going to kill us. So the sort of context on it and the, you know, the outer limit of what could go wrong is starting to look really scary. And that's why you're getting some of these, you know, gloom and doom predictions, because some people are really, really scared. Well, you know, it's interesting because it is already affecting us in ways that you know you've heard the term unintended consequences yep. as an example the uh, screen actors guild uh, and the writers guild just settled a a lawsuit that they'd been going on for like six months and ai was a real integral part of that the actors still haven't figured it out yet because they don't want um an ai figure which now they can do by the way they can create an ai person they can put words in its mouth and it can, and which is going to be interesting in the 24 election, because we're not going to necessarily know if what the guy says and you're looking at him is actually what he really said. Um, so there's all kinds of consequences, unintended consequences that are happening a lot faster than we might have wished for otherwise. Do you agree with that, Steve? Absolutely. I mean, it's in even just day-to-day -day consumer applications. Have you seen the ad for the phone? It might be the Google, I can't remember, where you take a picture of a bunch of people and then you realize some of them, their faces and is, they're not looking at the camera, they've got a sour expression, whatever. You can hit a bunch of buttons and it alters the photo to give you different appearances of their face, looking more at the camera, not blinking, whatever. It just, it picks out different ways to alter the photo. So already, teenagers with a standard telephone can just completely make a deep fake image just for fun about with their friends and all so you can imagine what determined political operatives might be able to say and do you know it's it's scary you know we i'm in virginia we have political campaigns going on right now and you see these outrageous images of you know somebody talking a politician is running for office and their opponent is surrounding them with these signs that are make them look like they're the devil in, a, in effect and you know and that's going on now so i think next year the presidential election the national elections we're we're going to be struggling with that um you get to the point as a consumer as a voter as just a person in the street where you just don't know what's real anymore and that's scary because we're only at the at the very start of this of this period where images reality can be absolutely faked you know mitch i'd like to say that the 
Congress of the United States is going to be really proactive and is going to be really on top of it. And they're going to make laws and they're going to make things that are going to protect us from AI and the and the bad people and the things. They can't even elect a speaker. It took them, took them like a month and a half to get that done. And so with with the dysfunctionality of our of our government, I don't know if you're a political guy or aware of that, but but what do you think that we should be doing? if anything, to protect ourselves from some of this stuff? Well, I think I think one thing is, I mean, like like what Steve said, you know, you can take a phone, you can take a picture. I've seen the commercial. I know which one you're talking about, Steve. That he removes a couple people. He edits the sky, or at least there's this one, and then moves – his it moves himself up into the sky like he's jumping i mean you can completely which i mean kind of you think about it it's a little bit like you know you used to be do, used to be able to do similar things with photoshop there it's a whole nother level now but i think that when you when you do these things when you're making these changes whether it's videos or it's pictures or it's anything like that there there is there is a there is a coding behind that 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 does reflect if there has been alterations made, if this is a raw photo or a raw video, and my opinion is, and I don't know if this is, this is just something that, that comes to mind is I, you know, I don't see why we wouldn't implement some sort of something that when a video was posted, whether it's online or it's a picture that there's some sort of tag associated to it that says this is a verified video or photo that there hasn't had, AI, you know, that, that it hasn't been altered in any way through any sort of AI modifications, whether it's a picture or video, they already kind of do. It's totally different, but you know, like you can become verified on Twitter. You get a little checkbox next to it. Similar mentality, I feel like, but I, don't, I, I think that that would be, that's just something I'm sure there's things that you can think about that maybe there's issues with that too, as well. But there, there's, there is always a paper trail of when things are done or how they come to be or how they're created. And I feel like when it comes to things like politics that are extremely important and you're able to broadcast a message vastly across everywhere in the world that we have something in play that's able to um, identify if that was a genuine raw video, if that was, if it was something that wasn't altered in some way, shape or form. And if there's a regulation around that, that if you're going to be posting on certain platforms, that that's a requirement. Um, that's just kind of my thoughts on it as something in just kind of what we're speaking about, but I don't know what your thoughts are, Steve, you're, you're an expert in AI. What is that something that you think that we could implement at some point in regards to just some sort of verification of what's published? Mitch, that's a terrific idea. Um, getting people to agree to it and actually adhere to it and having some sort of independent body to, to verify it might be uh slog it might take a long time and and get bogged down and and be hard hard to do um there are so many ways to get around these things you know or or just yeah. to you you put it out there and then maybe by the time that someone realizes it can respond to it it says oh that's not true well it's you know the election's over maybe we're in a period where the human touch is becoming less and less prominent you know we're we rely so much on our on our phones on our apps on what we hear on the radio most more than anything and you know we're especially when you're in bad weather it's the winter you're not out a lot you're not meeting people face to face 
we have our food delivered or groceries delivered sometimes. Um, it's hard to really, you know, keep a sense of not only civility, but just honesty in any part of our lives, whether it's politics, whether it's the purchases we make uh, online or in person, you know, our entire lives are becoming automated. And we're just sort of, in effect, giving away not only our privacy, but our, our way of standard, traditional, historic way of sort of rooting ourselves and our lives in the real world. You know, we're, we're, we're sort of uh, willingly uh, kind of accepting the, the real conveniences that we're getting and kind of not thinking about all of the repercussions. By the way, we're talking with Steve Bates. He's got a new book out, and it's out in paperback now. It's Castle of Sand. He is a um, sci-fi writer of note, and I want you to use your sci-fi brain and your imagination, if you would, please, because I want to ask you, you know, there was a saying at one time that said, you can have your own opinion, but you can't have your own facts. Facts were facts. What happens to our society when that no longer is the case and nobody has any idea what the facts actually are? Yeah, that's, uh, that's scary. Kevin, I think we have gotten to a point, particularly when you talk about certain issues, politics, social issues, where individuals and their entire families kind of develop and grow up with a philosophy or mentality that may or may not be based in fact about, you know, anything in life, whether it's about whether an election was stolen or whether you can, you know, you're sure that, you know, UFOs have landed in your backyard, taken you hostage, shown you future episodes of, you know, some show you love and you're back to tell everyone and no one will believe you, you know, all sorts of things. We believe sort of what we want to believe. We believe what our parents believed in many cases or what our friends and neighbors believe. Um, you have so many different attitudes towards the critical issues of, you know, the day, abortion, gun control, um, border issues, you know, government spending, government overreach. And people have already formed their opinions before they're really taking in actual data. Uh, one of the books I'm reading uh, uh, right now is, I uh, read a lot of nonfiction, is about how our minds don't just take sensory data, things we see and hear and feel, and process it like we receive it. Our minds are geared, are evolutionarily uh, designed to guess about things, to make assumptions about things. We wake up in the morning, we think we hear the alarm going off or birds singing because we're conditioned to believe that. And so we actually hear it, even though it hasn't happened today. It might've happened last week or yesterday. So there are all sorts of things affecting our perceptions that we don't know about. Then you add in all of these um, personal, familial, uh, social pressures to think and act that, you know, a certain 
um, part of the population or a certain religion or any, you know, gender is, you know, not as good as another or a certain policy, public policy has to be the case. It has to be this way. You start to believe these things for emotional and other reasons and the conversations between people with different opinions, people talk past one another. You know, you see this in political debates a lot, even when they're not screaming and calling each other names. The perceptions that we form about ourselves and our societies are, you know, are, are they're just getting perverted by this um, uh, mishmash of truth and, and uh, you know, fantasy that we're seeing in social media, on uh, television and books and Certainly not radio. Radio is pure. But in many, many areas of our lives, we're just getting all this information and we're accepting the information that goes along with what we want to believe. And we don't think about or even process the things we don't want to believe. It's kind of weird that way, isn't it? Um, and Mitch, you know, this is not a political show, and so we're not going to go down that road. But, but at the same time... Um, you're younger than I am, and uh, you're going to be, God willing, on this planet longer than me. Are you concerned at all for the future, or are you believing that we, as a human species, we shall overcome? We shall make it work for us. Okay. Well, I'm uh, my my age is is uh, a little higher than you might anticipate. Um, and oh, by the way, I I can tell you that I'm not an AI. I can't prove it. I just want you to know I'm telling you that, but I can't prove it. Um, and I can't even prove it to myself, but hey, I'd have a lot more hair if I were, if I were an AI, I think. Um, yeah, you have, I have more hair than you. That's, that means yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Okay. Rest don't grow on a busy street. But in terms of the future, I, I have been thinking a lot about that and talking to people about it and reading about it and in short-term, long-term future. I mean, we know that people are already augmenting their bodies with machinery. You know, we're talking about, you know, things that help people walk where they've had injuries. We've got all sorts of things going on there. I've had both my hips replaced. There you go. Okay. My um, sister's had both her hips and her knees replaced. Okay. All right. She's a bionic person. She can't go to a courthouse or to the airport anymore. Goodness. Yes. Just, okay. So you've got that going on and that we can see a natural extension of that. Another thing we have going on is we're teaching our computers to teach themselves machine learning. They can actually teach themselves. They go on the web, they try to move, pick up a robotic arm and move something. They fail. They have programs that allow them to test, retest. Um, so I don't think it's impossible to conceive of a future in which there is some sort of convergence between humans and machines slash artificial intelligence. I don't know how it would appear and work, but I can tell you this, that, you know, AI could not exist without intelligent organic beings, without people to create it. It just could not exist. People might not be able to exist without AIs or at least the grudging or 
willful acceptance of our species as worthy of being on the same planet or in the same solar system as AIs. So it really comes down to the fact that if we don't put very good controls on AIs to keep them within, you know, doing what we want them to do, they could become smarter, more powerful, and either push us aside or try to partner with us. And let's let's try and think of a way to be partners. That would make a lot more sense. And uh, Mitch, what do you think? Yeah, I think that there's there's a lot to there's a lot of excitement, I believe, coming you know going into the future with a lot of this technology. And there's obviously a lot of fears. There's a lot of uncertainty. But I mean, even speaking to like you know what Steve said, you know, we need you know AI exists because of human um you know creation and i also i think about it too it's you know we also create life you know and that life we create does learn and grows into whatever based on its learning into something and i feel it's it's a little bit of a similar mentality a little bit i mean who's to say that that life that we create um you know doesn't you know grow up to be something that changes the world and in in a number of ways but, you know, yeah, the scary part is that, you know, AI, it's built essentially, or maybe it's not all the way there, but I mean, really it's, it's built to learn um, based on the things that we input, but all that stuff is data and that data is stored and gathered and used and it's constantly building and growing. And I feel like AI learns from that data from us. So, I mean, it, there, yeah, there's a, there's can be, there's some scariness to it, I feel like, but you know, with that, the, really what it comes down to is that, the, you know, it's really going to depend, I think, too, on the rules and regulations, what we are able to implement. How long is it going to take us? Like you had said, Steve, earlier when I had come up with when I mentioned that one idea is that, yeah, who knows how long that something would actually get passed that regulated something. It might be something that's pushed under the rug for quite a while and who's going to be a part of it. So there's still a lot of working parts and variables involved that. Um, yeah, that I guess I'm curious to see how it's going to go, and I hope for the best, of course. Of course, of course. By the way, it's time for a break, Mitch. Would you like to take us out into our break today? Sounds good, Kevin. All of our beautiful listeners out there, you are listening to Positive Talk Radio on KKNW 1150. We have an amazing writer here, Steve Bates. Go and check out his book, Castle of the Sand. You can find it on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, and we will be right back after the commercials. Do you need to boost your sales? Join our partnership program. Each quarter, we promote 10 partner businesses. What will you get? The company will produce one 30-second video for your business. Your website links on positivetalkradio.net and kmmedia.pro. One dedicated podcast or radio show per month. One video Instagram reel. One YouTube short. One 60-second clip for social media taken from your interview. And at least one commercial airplay per show. All podcasts and video commercials are within the fabric of the show and will remain in the show forever. Visit kmmedia.pro to book a consultation today. When you want to say more than words, communicate. You can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. For being our appreciated listener, you can use promo code PTR20 at checkout to receive 20% off your order. A 
naturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. We believe in the power of telling your stories. We want to help yours be seen and heard. At the Pacific Northwest Collaborative Magazine, our purpose is to connect you to your community. Let's begin by celebrating the accomplishments of local artists featured in this brand new digital magazine. Here, you can learn about opportunities to creatively come together and support our local community and neighbors through the gift of art and service. If your business or organization would like to take part in this magazine, message us on Instagram at pnw.collab. You can download our free digital magazine at KM Media Pro today. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. It is a Wednesday afternoon. We're glad you're here. We have a wonderful writer. He's got a book out called Castle of Sand. He's a sci-fi writer, and uh, I believe him to be a very gifted individual, and he's very learned in a lot of subjects. And one of the subjects we're talking about today is AI and its impact on all of us and and the planet. And, uh, you know, um, well, first of all, Mitch, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to tell you that because of my warped mind, I'm thinking to myself, would it be a good thing or a bad thing if we got AI to the point where you could actually transplant your consciousness into a robot that then you could live forever? Would you like to see somebody write a book like that? I mean. <laughs> It's inter- I mean, I think there's a couple movies that <laughs> that, do, that do just that. I mean, yeah, that would be an interesting book. I think it's a very interesting concept. I'm not 100% sure how I feel about it. I'd have to think about it for a minute. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I t- we were talking about unintended consequences, and yeah. I think the unintended consequences would be profound. And Steve, I'd like your opinion. And well, the reason- um, yes, I, I'm not prepared to do that, but... In, in my new novel, Castle of Sand, that happens to seven individuals without them having intended for it to happen. Um, they, they wind up on, they wake up on this strange planet. Um, they don't know where they are, what they're doing there. Nothing feels right. They don't have any sensation of their bodies. Their minds had been stored in these computer banks for hundreds of years while this spaceship traveled from the dying Earth to the planet it finally found. They get stuck in robots, and this AI named Hubert tells them, oh, by the way, it's up to you seven to uh, recreate the human race on this new planet. And they go, what? And then it kind of goes crazy from there. But yes, I have thought about the idea of having my mind my consciousness preserved, put into computers and living in the metasphere or metaverse or metamucil, wherever you want to put it. And I'm too old for that. Um, but I don't, 
doubt that it's possible that it will be tried and it will be another sort of twist on the whole idea of artificial intelligence where by being in a digital form, your way of thinking may change so much that you'll be kind of a different kind of human. Or the other side would be your thinking doesn't change. And since you're now around forever and can vote forever, nothing changes. So humanity ends up stagnating and becoming the same because that's, that's why, and I've said this before, and I don't know if anybody agrees with it or not, but that's one of the reasons why the good Lord has us grow old and die so that the young people can come up and they get own, their own learning and and uh, evolution happens and evolution of thought changes. Um, people have different relationships with, with themselves, with others, with women, with people of color and all that kind of stuff. Um, Mitch is probably sitting there going, this guy's lost his head again. So, Mitch, what do you think? Well, no, but I mean, I, I get what you're going with it, but I also think that, I mean, you know, we would still, people would still be being born. There would still be new people coming, you know, into the earth, you know, whatever, however you want to look at it. So there would still be, there would still be a time, there would still be evolution taking place in regards to, you know, technology and all kinds of things going with politics and stuff like that. You may still, I don't think things would necessarily ever ever say stagnant unless we all just eventually said, you know, no more life and everybody's going to become robots. So you live out the rest of your life. And then once it's over, you become a robot and that's it. And then we stop life from a certain point I that I feel like that'd be the only way that you would have some sort of stagnant, but with AI and it's always learning. <laughs> so all these and the changes who's to say that it couldn't go a completely different direction. So I don't know. See, with your voice, you could make a hell of a commercial around that. Do, do a commercial about AI, about <laughs> AI. It's here yeah. for the future. It's here for you. It's here now. <laughs> It's here for you. Just make it kind of extra scary. No, I don't. Want, I don't want to spook anybody. Well, it's Halloween. You know what do you? Have? What the heck? Um, yeah, that was yesterday. That's that's true. So <laughs> that's now in the distant past. At least for me, it is. Um, yeah. Steve, I want to ask you: Do you have any fears about? So I I tend to think, especially being a sci-fi writer, that you use your imagination. Are is AI? Are they working to develop an imagination like a human does, or is that going to be beyond their abilities? We, you know, I don't think we know how to do that yet, but it could happen, and it could happen without our intent to make it happen. I mean, the whole universe of the, you know this new horizon of quantum physics is so absolutely weird that all we know is that there's something out there that's happening that is beyond our comprehension and we're just beginning to dig into it and, and figure it out. Um, there are scientists, I read some wacky ones, but some you know ones who are learned and in universities and getting paid to think up strange things who think, for example, Quantum computers work very differently than digital ones. They encode information in these little qubits, which can be an atom, it can be even a portion of an atom. And those are jumbled all around and do what they do. But they don't stay 
in one place. They don't just stay circling around or flipping around in our universe. They literally pop into and out of our universe. Some people say, a few people, oh, these quantum computers, I know how they work. They work by using these qubits that are in effect functioning at the same time in different universes and they're calculating in a bunch of different universes at the same time and coming up with the answer 42 or whatever in our little you know computer room uh, so when you have scientists making statements like this about what is actually happening you just you're opening up such a pandora's box that almost anything could be speculated about to the point that People are saying that, oh, yes, and not only are these particles flying around in these different universes, they're entangled, they're connected, even though they might be millions of miles apart. And the fact that they can exchange information at greater than the speed of light means that everything you know is wrong. Anything can happen. So you've got this, this period where we're looking, peering into these, this strange unfathomable universe of, of quantum physics and, and how, you know, which is going to power the next generation of our computers and our AI. And we're saying to ourselves, holy moly, what in the hell is that going to do? And we don't know. Um, that's why we have, well, for example, the European Union, the American Congress, and even the president who issued an executive order this week, and some AI companies themselves all kind trying to come up with standards, with safeguards, with protections to make sure AI doesn't go out of control, that it does what we want, that it's, you know, like the nice little robots in Star Wars. Um, but they're not sure how to do it. There's a scary thought. What do you think, Mitch? <laughs> Kevin's just over here just shivering away just in, in pure terror well I'm, I'm thinking i'm gonna date myself a little bit but it, 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 one of my favorite movies of all time did you ever watch the movie help with the beatles every every year practically yeah it's it was one of my favorites yes and in that movie there are a couple of mad scientists who decide that they want to rule the world i can rule the world if only i had that gem that ring Yes, and if I can rule the world, yes. then I can have whatever I want. Right. But it, it, and what frightens me is there's a couple of guys sitting someplace in the garage that are saying, you know, we can make this happen, and we can rule the world. We just That's what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of things. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think with, I mean, one, yes, a lot of the regulations and all that stuff needs to be figured out now. But it's, I, the way I think about AI is I. <laughs> He's having a very deep thought at the moment. I because... think the AIs knew what he was going to say and stopped him. That's my take on it. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't agree. Oh, he's back. Uh, I'm back. Or someone Sorry. who looked like him. The AI was taking over. Yeah. <laughs> it stopped you right when you were about to give some profound insight. Right? Yeah, I know. It knew what I was going to say. How scary. I just <laughs> I feel I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's this it's this learning and it's growing and all this stuff. I I picture like this just last code 
last puzzle piece being put into play before AI is able to create, you know, other artificial people, you know, and which I feel like is kind of scary and kind of dangerous. You know, it's like once it's gotten to a certain point, it's and it's it's gathered enough data and it's learned by all of these things that we keep inputting. What's to stop it from, you know, you know, importing into some sort of artificial intelligence insert into a robot, into a car, into machines, you know, we become the next Skynet. (laughs) Just kidding. But, you know, it's, yeah, there's, I mean, that's just kind of, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve. I mean, that's kind of just AI. I mean, that's where it's building towards is where it's, it'll eventually be smart enough when that'll happen. It's, there's no, there's no reason to believe, right, that it couldn't duplicate itself in 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 multiple ways and without without a without a human potentially because the last puzzle piece has been has been put in (laughs) mitch you're exactly right um and when you think about the products and, and and ai that we've been seeing come on the market in recent years you know and and what the tech company leaders are saying and what they're doing it's pretty clear, no one is really going to deny that it's the um, you know, commercial benefits of advanced AI are so potentially strong that these companies and their financial backers are pouring so much money into this race to create the next best thing that everyone's going to want to have. And then the one beyond that and the product beyond that. So this compulsion to be the first and best with the next AI related product is so strong that that's going to kind of uh, overshadow and overtake any efforts, even by the companies themselves in some cases, to moderate and control the AI that they're creating because they're just such a race to produce that next big thing. I mean, it's like the atomic bomb race with- It's a race to the moon. Yes, and the race to the moon, exactly. And it's like, we, we just got to win. And so these companies are all going to keep pushing and they're saying the right things. And I hope they're being honest when they say, oh, we're going to be responsible. We're not going to be the ones to create the Terminator. Who knows? There's always somebody that's cheating. Well, and besides the fact that they're, they're bending are, the rules. <laughs> it's amazing to me that there are people uh, that are walking around this planet who do not believe that we went to the moon. I'm just saying. Um, so if they believe in that kind of thing, they can believe in almost anything. But by the way, we're talking with Steve Bates. He is one of my favorite authors of all time because he watches Help every year. And there that's his, right. His, his, Victor Spinetti. That was the actor who wanted to rule the world. Victor Spinetti. That's oh, very nice. You yeah. pulled that right out. That's good. Actor if you, if you want to go watch a, a movie that is G-rated and everybody will enjoy it and it's got great music in it, go watch Help. Matter of fact, go watch. I, <laughs> I got to see years ago. I got to see Hard Day's Night and Help in the theater at the same time. Wow. This Very goes nice. back in, into the 60s again. Yeah. The yeah. soundtrack to the Help movie is the first record I ever bought, uh, first vinyl record. Yeah, mine was mine was a hard day's night. Okay, there you go. And and the second one was help. Okay. Um, Mitch has no earthly idea what we're talking no, about. No, 
Yeah, I I do, but not. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys go at it. <laughs> oh, oh, we are just a couple of old guys talking about our heyday yeah. in 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 stuff, which you know. I can't. I believe. love the Beatles, but I'm I'm not gonna sit there and def. I'm not gonna yeah, sit now, there just and know anything more about if, it than you guys. <laughs> imagine if we just allowed an AI creative bot to take that movie and re recast it and remake it. What would they do with it? I mean, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be you know this cult that had the you know the ring sacrificial ring and all. I mean, that that could really take over everything. You never know. Well, look at the you look at the new. Have you seen videos and pictures from the new sphere in Vegas? Have you seen that yet? It's it, it, it's kind of right up the alley a little bit of what you're talking about. Essentially, that it's that new. They've been working on it for a long time. It's a just it's a gigantic screen that creates a completely immersive experience. I know you two had a concert there. You go in and I saw I saw a video and it showed a, a crowd of people around inside and the whole background was this just beautiful backdrop overlooking the sky. There was a stage. It looked when you when I watched the video at first, I thought it was real. I was like, it looked a little like the gorge. And I was like, what in the world? And then I saw and then I came. it pans back and you see all these people that are there to see this concert sitting in the chairs. And I realized that that's not even a real backdrop. They're inside the sphere and they are able to have these concerts, create these full immersive experiences. And I, I would, I would bet money that they will have something that with the Beatles creating some sort of AI, whether it's, you know, them, there looking, looking just like them, like they're actually, everybody is alive and it's a live concert and whatever background it's pretty, check it out though. It's pretty cool. I think it's, it hasn't been open or around for more than six months or so. Cause I, it was still being built when I was there back in, back in May, but it's pretty phenomenal. You know, Mitch, I'll tell you, I'm so out of touch that when you said, uh, you too, I thought you were talking about Steve and I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't go far enough back. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, apparently not. Apparently not. Again, Steve, uh, Steve, Steve Bates is with us, and he's written the book Castle of Sand, and it's a sci-fi thriller. And uh, it's actually in the, uh, it's kind of humorous, in the uh, vein of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, yes. We had that. That was my first novel, um, Back to You. Um, it was... Uh, it was just one of these things that I just had to do, you know, I just loved the hitchhiker's guide. I wanted to do something with time travel and humor. Um, and, uh, it worked for me. I mean, uh, you know, I won't say it was a bestseller, but I had the best time doing it. And, uh, that sort of rolled into castle of sand, uh, when it came time to do something a little more serious and try and pay the bills. What are you going to write next, young man? Oh, I'm glad you asked me that. I've been working on a, a novel tentatively entitled Virtual. It's about 25 years in the future, and the first conscious, sentient, aware AIs have emerged. One's actually a pretty good guy. The other one is not a pretty good guy. And, you know, we're all kind of trapped in the middle and trying to um, cope with them. Um, but like we expect, and you folks have mentioned, you know, you're not going to know what they are, when they're coming, what they're doing necessarily. 
they're going to sort of creep up and 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 all of a sudden we'll be looking at their you know their activity and their actions and we just we think we have some ways to kind of I don't want to say control HI, but AI, but I guess that's really what we're thinking about to keep it from becoming doing things that we don't like. But you know, if someone could write a program for any computer or artificial entity and say, "Don't do this, that, and that," or just don't do things humans don't like, um, they haven't come up with that yet. So that's kind of the future I'm dealing with, where you know, 25 years from now, we've sort of thought we had it under control, but maybe we don't. That's a scary thought. That was that was supposed to be yesterday. That was Halloween. Yeah. And so that, that really is a that is a frightening uh thought that you put out there and 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 stuff. But um I anyway Mitch, do you have any thoughts, any questions that you'd like to ask uh, Steve? Yeah, Steve, well we talked a lot about AI. I'm curious what what types of AI tools do you utilize and for what, if you do? What a wonderful question. Because when it came time to find an artist to create the cover of my novel, Castle of Sand, I looked at a lot of folks and there was this one woman up in Canada who had this interesting uh, approach where she would take the input from the author or agent or whoever, take, take the idea, sort of run it by an AI, have the AI kind of throw its image together, what it thinks we're looking for. And then the artist will play with it and adjust it and fix it. And so I selected this artist and it came up with a cover that I just absolutely loved. And I've gotten a lot of good feedback for you know people say hey that's even better than your book that cover that you know, i don't care for the book but that cover so great so <laughs> yes i used ai to come up with the cover for my novel i don't apologize for it um but it just sort of seemed like a natural thing to do no that's great i've seen some of the stuff that's come out of that people that have utilized ai to, to build pictures or even like branding logos for companies different things like that so it's that's pretty cool yeah. It and that that is a great uh, cover, by the way. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at it right now. It it is an awesome cover, and uh, and it's a great book. Great book, and uh, I'm I'm glad I'm not Maria. That's all I got to say. Is I, it must be it must have been really tough for Maria to be on that planet with six other uh, folks and 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 AI and try and save the planet, try and save the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had her doubts at times, but uh, she hung in there. I like to think we all could sort of carry that torch at least for a little while if we had to. I don't know, you know, maybe not all of us, but I think all of it, most of us have that ability within us to sort of rise above and just say, okay, I'm having a crappy day, but maybe I can save some other people. That would be, that'd be, it's nice to be able to say that I'm having a crappy day, but I'm going to help other people not have a crappy day. That's that, would, that would be really cool. Um, Steve, I want to give you the opportunity to, since this is after all positive talk radio, I want to give you the opportunity to say something really positive about AI and about your writing and about the book and everything uh, so that people can go there. All right. Well, thank you. I, I think if I, I 
there's anything I want people to think about after reading my book or just after listening to this broadcast, it's that, you know, the age of AI is coming, you know, what does that make, what does that mean for humanity? Can we as a species adapt, anticipate, partner with technology? I believe we can, I believe we must, but I believe we can. And if the trade-off to curing cancer is through AI, which they're becoming more and more clear that that's going to be possible. Um, if the trade-off of that is that we have to have some regulations to protect ourselves from the downside, then the potential risk is probably worth it, don't you think? Absolutely. Um, that's a perfect example of things that are happening now can happen. You can, ex you know, all sorts of drugs are being tested virtually by these uh, AIs, um, saves a lot of uh, animals and people from being tested on. So there's all sorts of very positive things now. And those are the kinds of applications that they, those aren't going to go out of control. Those aren't going to take over the world or, or ruin Mitch's uh, ability to get on the Internet. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, Mitch, any thoughts? Any questions before we go? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think so other than, yeah, I, I really enjoyed talking to you, Steve. I think that there's, like I said, still a lot of unknown, but a lot of excitement. There's a lot of good that can come out of it um, on the non-scary side. And I think that I'm hoping that we're moving forward on these regulations. Some of the things that we kind of talked about to keep things in order and in check. And as long as we do a good job with that, I'm very excited for the future and what AI has to hold for it. And I got to tell you, Steve, just, you know, we've just got a minute or so before we go. And you and I have both lived through, um, I think, the most consequential time in the history of mankind. Uh, does that make you feel good or does that make you feel scared? Well, it does make me feel good. We're still here, aren't we? You know, so amazingly enough, we are much more resilient than we think we are, uh, is my sense of it. Um, we're going to face these challenges because we already see them coming. You know, it's not like we're not seeing it coming, like the industrial revolution or the breakup of the Beatles or whatever, you know, we're, we're, we're ready. One of the most devastating moments in the history of mankind was the breakup of the Beatles. Yes, indeed. I'm just saying. <laughs> and Mitch is like, they were a band from 50 years ago. Shut up already. I love, I love the Beatles. I'm probably not as sad about it as you two, but that's and I'm talking right. about you. I'm actually talking about you two, not you two, the band. <laughs> Just to make sure. What? I'm not sure. <laughs> YouTube, you two has got a double meaning now. So, it um, does. so it, it is great fun. And Steve Bates, by the way, go to stevebateswriter.com to get all the information about him. Uh, he's been on a bunch of interviews. He's very good at it. And thank you for doing this. We thank really appreciate it. it. Thank you. Appreciate it so much, both of you. It's, it, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, um, we've got about, uh, uh, 55 seconds missed for you to say anything you want to and close the show. <laughs> anything I want to, you, you can, uh, do, you can do a countdown if you want to, uh, 58, 57. No, I'm oh, kidding. I'm not going to do a countdown. 
no, I'm just, I'm really excited. Steve, I'm going to check out these books. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I, I love, I love everybody has something different to bring to the table when it comes to talking about AI um, and all very amazing topics um, that, that are piecing a lot together. And I think that it's really good for our listeners to hear because there's a lot of people out there that are still trying to figure it out. You can either embrace it and we still have a lot of people resisting against it. So, and nine eight <laughs> you're listening to positive talk radio on kknw 1150 and always remember to be kind to one another because each other is all we've got two one take it away <laughs>